Hello and welcome to Infinite Machine Learning. This is your host, Pratik Joshi. This is the part of the show where I talk about ideas and concepts in AI, and you can use them to build startups, grow your career, or just develop a better understanding of how AI works. Today, we are going to talk about federated learning. Why do we need it? How does it work? Where is it used? And what tools can we use to build models? If we want to train a machine learning model, we gather all the training data and let the model train on it. That's how it usually works. The training data is aggregated from various sources and structured in a way that allows the model to train on it. So why do we need federated learning? Now imagine if you are not allowed to combine all the data from all those different sources. How will you train the model then? In the traditional training setup, a central cloud server gathers all the data, we clean up this data, uh, prepare it for training, and then run the code to train the model. But there are situations where we won't be able to combine all this data. There are issues such as data privacy. You're not allowed to share the data because of privacy laws or because the company or the person who's who, who creates the data, they don't want it to leave the fence. Another issue would be data security. Right? You cannot share the data because your system might not be secure. Right? The hackers might just gain access to data they're not supposed to have access to. Uh, another issue could be limited bandwidth. Let's say you're collecting a large number of images from a camera located in the wild you don't have the bandwidth to send large quantities of raw data to the server because the connectivity doesn't allow it. So there are many issues that you need to think of when you, you encounter data in this format. So in these situations, we need a modeling mechanism that doesn't combine the data from multiple sources into a central database. And yet, allows you to build a model that encompasses all the patterns across all those different data sources. Now this is where federated learning comes into picture. You can build models using data that you don't own and are not allowed to see. Now, what exactly is it? Federated learning is a way to train a machine learning model based on data generated from multiple sources, but without exchanging that data. The result is a model that encompasses all the patterns across all those sources. Now this allows participants to have access to a, a robust global model without having to share their data with others. Now let's say that we are training a neural network using federated learning technique. The data is being generated on mobile phones that are geographically distributed. In this situation, we use the local data samples and train the models on that device and communicate the information to the central server. Now that's how 
this functions in a, in a situation like this. Now we'll talk about a few more examples in a, in a few minutes, but just wanted to give an idea of the premise on which uh, this is built. Now, how does it work? In the federated learning setup, there is a central server that manages the learning process with all the participants. Each participant is called a node and nodes generate data and have computing resources available locally. Now to get started, the central server chooses a particular model. For example, a random forest or a neural network. The central server then transmits the initial model to several nodes, but not to all of them. It's a way to initialize the model in some way, as opposed to starting with a blank slate. Now, each node starts with this model and trains it based on the local data set. Once the training is finished across these selected nodes, they communicate it back to the central server and the central server pools these results and creates an updated model. Now, it then transmits this updated model to the next set of nodes and repeats the whole process until the learning process is terminated. Now, this allows a group of nodes to work together, build an actual model, and not share any data. And this is a very useful premise when you think about it, because one, it just allows people to participate uh, in this network and, and create something useful uh, without worrying about privacy, security, or bandwidth. Now, how is this used in the real world? Federated learning can be used in, uh, in many situations, right? And actually, any situation where some participants can generate high-quality data and some participants are not able to. Right? That's, that's, a, that's a good premise. It happens all the time. You can use federated learning to create a global model that can benefit all the participants. And sometimes what happens is today you are able to generate high-quality data. Maybe next week you can't or you won't or you are constrained in some way. And maybe uh, a fellow node can generate high quality data uh, even though they're not able to do it today so it kind of it helps you equalize and share um in the in the common upside because end of the day we want a model that functions well and uh, we want to leverage the the spread of data across different nodes all right here are a few examples uh, that can kind of give you a good idea of how it's being used. First example is healthcare. Now, healthcare data is, it's first of all, it's a regulated industry. The data is sensitive. Many people don't want to share the data. The hospitals are responsible to store the data, make sure it's secure, and follow all of the compliance laws. Now, this data is generated at various hospitals for example, but the hospitals can't share the data due to patient privacy reasons. Now, this is where federated learning can come in handy. If somebody wants to build a model uh, that can help all the hospitals, but 
any individual hospital, they may not have enough data to build that model. So a group of hospitals who individually cannot build that model, they can come together and contribute data towards building this model without actually sharing the data. So it's a very useful technique that can that can allow hospitals to, to do something meaningful here. Another example would be industrial IoT. Now, sensor data is being generated at almost like all the industrial facilities. I mean, when I say all, I mean at least the ones that are semi-modern. Most of them have instrumented their facilities. They want to collect the data. They want to store it. They want to use it for various business reasons. And these facilities cannot keep the data endpoints open at all times, right? mostly due to security reasons. I mean, you cannot just keep your door open because these facilities are very important to the economy. They could be energy facilities, manufacturing facilities, uh, critical electricity generation facilities, and uh, nuclear facilities. So you cannot you, know, you cannot just keep it open. So what federated learning can do is it can help them build models that can adhere to this constraint. A model that, that can go to all of these nodes, take the data, uh, make do something useful, and then give that model back to the facility so that they can do predictive maintenance or understand where the spikes are occurring or understand where service is needed and so on and so forth. So it's a so it's a fundamentally useful premise for facilities that cannot keep their data endpoints open. All right, the next example is mobile. The usage data is being generated on all the mobile phones, but people don't want to mix their data with other people's data to train a, a global model. Many people are are aware of how data is being collected and used, and they're increasingly opting out. So what that means is you, you as in you, the company, or the project builder, you cannot access all the data, centralize it, mix and match, and then build a model. And also, another constraint is that streaming large quantities of raw data uh, would not be possible at all times. Like mobile phones, they are constrained by bandwidth and uh, the data pipes are not, uh, not, not fast everywhere in the world. So federated learning uses local computing resources on the phone and it can build a model. So in this case, the data from a, a single phone First of all, it's not sufficient. Even if it is, people don't want to don't want you to use that data to build a global model. So, federated learning can solve this by going to the device, using the compute resources on the device uh, to build a model, and then go to the next one and do the same. End of the day, uh, that model will get built. Uh, the users won't have to share the data with with anyone else. All right. The next example is self driving cars. Autonomous cars generate large quantities of raw data, but they don't have enough bandwidth to stream all of it to like a, a centralized cloud server. And we also face latency issues that might 
pose safety risks. So for example, by the time the data you know, goes to the cloud, gets processed, comes back, it might be too late because on the road, things happen very, very quickly. So federated learning uses, again, local compute resources to train the models and make it available to all the cars. And again, this constraint just demonstrates you know, how how uh, models, even though cars, let's say all the self-driving cars, um, they are open to sharing the data, they are um, uh, they can keep the port open at all times, but still latency causes an issue, right? So again, the four examples that uh, that we just talked about, that is healthcare, industrial IoT, mobile, self-driving cars, uh, I just use them to demonstrate four different reasons why federated learning might be an interesting avenue to look at and build a, a model that can actually benefit to our participants in those in those verticals. All right. So now, now that we know where this technique can be used um, to generate business value, how do we build a model using federated learning? Again, there are many many frameworks available, such as you know, TensorFlow Federated. You can use this offering from Google, Google's TensorFlow, to build models using this technique. Uh, there is another library called PySift. This library is from OpenMind. Uh, it works on TensorFlow and PyTorch. There's another library called Federated AI Technology Enabler, FATE. It's an open source library hosted by the Linux Foundation. Again, there are many other tools and libraries um, and projects being done here, and also startups who are leveraging this technique to uh, build products. So federated learning is a relatively new field. Right? So there are many challenges that still need to be addressed. Right? The devices need to have enough compute power to run the training process locally. Uh, smartphones are getting powerful for sure, uh, but sensors don't have compute power to run the training process for all these models. Another key issue to keep in mind is model convergence. Now what that means is federated learning models take longer to train as compared to a regular training. Federated learning is currently being employed in, in situations where the nodes are powerful, for example, smartphones, um, and the raw data cannot be streamed to the cloud server, right? But transmitting all that raw data is difficult over wireless networks. So training locally is advantageous. So again, the goal here, the goal of this session is to just talk about uh, the emergence of federated learning as a solution, especially within industries where the data is available, but the constraints are not allowing the builders to access all that data, build a big centralized data data source or data structure, and then um, process it in, in meaningful ways. So federated learning is uh, a, a solution that can meaningfully solve that problem. And also another key uh, advantage here is it can it actually opens up a whole bunch of interesting um, avenues for startups. 
So if you're a startup working in healthcare and historically, uh, data access has been a huge challenge, right? And again, uh, by the time you get to go to a big company in healthcare and get through all the certifications and compliance and rules and clauses, by the time you get your hands on the data, you're already dead, right? Again, big companies have years and years to do projects, but startups, they operate in days or weeks. So this actually can open up a good good avenue where a startup can go to a big company and say, hey, um, I'm happy to sign all the all the documents and we won't share your data with anyone else. So there's just no complaint. So again, it's just a way to address a, a fundamental issue that has plagued certain verticals, either because of regulation, compliance, or bandwidth issues, or latency issues, or security issues. Uh, and so this is is why a whole bunch of builders are going after this. And I'm really excited to see what comes out, especially when we look at um, enterprise software companies that are building solutions here. And uh, another key thing for the builders or the founders to address is the issue of trust. You can say that you are doing federated learning. You can say that you're doing all of these things, but how can you provably demonstrate that this is in fact happening? Because all of this happens under the hood, right? When they say that, okay, I can, I'll open up access, I can give you my data, but uh, what's to stop you from taking that and adding it to a big central database you're building? So the goal here is also for the builders is to educate the market and also make sure that you can demonstrate that all of this data is in fact going to be going to stay local, right? And the model that you're building uh, only kind of trains on that more on that set of data and goes to the next one without actually taking any um, identifiable information with it. So all these things are again, this is trust building, this is education, this is productizing, this is building case studies with big reputable companies. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but. It is a, a very promising avenue, and I'm really excited for all the founders and builders and engineers who are working on making this a reality. All right, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed the session. I'll see you soon with another amazing episode.